As promised, today is part two of my discussion with Jake Wakely as we discuss silly season, trades, the draft, and more in part two of today's episode. There's a lot to talk about, so buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So as promised, today is part two with Jake Wakely. So if you haven't checked out part one, please pause this episode and give it a listen. And if you've already done so, without further ado, let's talk to Jake Wakely as we continue our discussion from yesterday. Take it away. Now, you had said earlier about like you don't know if the Devils will give up prospects. Now, we talk about the trades and stuff going into the offseason. I don't – I want to believe Fitzgerald to give up prospects, but I'm not going to believe it until I see it because he has yet to give up prospects to bring in a player. Now, if that said player is, say, Alex DeBrinkett, all right, we can have a conversation. And I know you made a video about this too. Yes, because it's just like, if you think, because here's what the Chicago Blackhawks are going to demand. They're going to demand a first round draft pick because they lost their first round draft pick due to the Seth Jones trade last year. So it's like, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be questioning, saying we want that second overall pick. And I'm just like, look, I, I love Alex Debrinket. I don't think his size would be an issue. I think he he's a very good player, but giving up a second overall pick for his services. I'm a little hesitant about that, but you know, yeah. you, no, you have to see, it, obviously it wouldn't be a one for one. There would be other pieces involved, but if we're just starting with that baseline, no, but I would have to see what else would be involved kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I would do it knowing I'd only make the trade knowing if I can get him signed to an extension because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I believe after next season, I believe he's eligible for unrestricted free agency. He's fast. Now, would he move? Yeah. So now would he move the needle? Oh, absolutely. He would. He's a 40 goal scorer. He's a 30 to 40 goal scorer now, but the size is still a concern. Like let's face it. The devils lack a lot of size. Now. Mm, I, 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 I actually disagree with you in that regards because the devils are actually one of, in terms of average height and average weight, they rank in the top 10 for the NHL, according to elite prospects. So they're in, so they're one of the tallest teams in the NHL. I think they rank number eight for, for average height. And then for average weight, I think they rank number nine in the entire NHL. That's according to elite prospects because I did that. And I, I talked about that in one of my Alex DeBrinkett episodes saying that I don't think his size would be an issue because the Devils are one of the biggest teams in the NHL, actually. So just wanted to put that out there. Well, I, I actually, I didn't actually know that. It's just, I'm so used to seeing all the, like, somewhat smaller guys on their, uh, um, on the ice for them, right? Because I'm used to seeing, like, Brat Hughes and, like, and whatnot. But Kevin Fiala, though, I will say I think that one's going to happen. There's Devil too Brad. much there. 
there's way too much smoke there for him not to get traded. Now Fitzgerald and Billy Guerin are really close friends too. And Minnesota's hand is kind of tied here because they got about 12 million dead cap from the Prezi and Suter thing. So you may still have to give up a first, but I think if the Devils do give up a first here, it's going to be next year's first, and they're going to obviously make sure it's top 10 protected because, let's face it, you're protecting any first next year giving up because of obviously the top three-headed monster that's at the top of that draft class next year. Yeah, I was. I actually did a video on that. I was like, look, if we are going to trade a first-round draft pick, okay, maybe it's not this year, but next year to get Kevin Fiala because I would love to have him on the roster. And I hear that he and Nico Heischer get along as well. They're both from Switzerland. Um, so it's just like, yeah, let's shoot for that. So, you know, next year, um, like you said, uh, you know, protected. But at the same time, I believe the Devils will do better come next year. Yeah, So that I, I, I agree. I don't think we have to worry about that draft pick, you know, potentially being number one or number two, because that's what we had to worry about because uh, this year, because we thought we were going to get the fifth overall pick in the draft, but we got lucky and we got the second overall pick and over the Arizona Coyotes who did worse than us. And, you know, uh, Montreal Canadiens obviously got number one. So the Devils got really lucky, but if it was the fifth overall pick, I think the Devils would be willing to trade that for Kevin Fiala. But obviously since that changes a little bit, you know, now you could draft uh, Uri Slavkovsky. You could draft, you could draft uh, Logan Cooley, Simon Nes- Nemish, uh, you know, whatever the case might be, uh, you know, outside of the top five, this isn't really a deep draft class from what I've been hearing. So Devils, oh, are, yeah. in a, Devils are in a pretty decent position to get like, you know, a, 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 another franchise piece, whatever the case might be. I say do not trade away the second overall pick unless you can get like a top notch player in, in that sort yeah. of, um, in that sort of way. So yeah, you're absolutely right, which is maybe next year or, or you know, use next year's first round draft pick as sort of like a compromise for the Minnesota Wild in, in that sort of way. Now, I got to ask you this. I was recently given a silly season uh, hypothetical trade scenario from one of my colleagues at Locked on Leafs. Here was the situation. William Nylander, Rasmus Sedin, the rights to Jack Campbell, and the 25th overall pick in this year's NHL draft. In return, we give away Mackenzie Blackwood, Damon Severson, and the second overall pick. Would you do that trade? Why or why not? I would I would do the trade on one condition. If I know I can sign Jack Campbell. Exactly. That that's one of the that's one that's of the it. That, yeah, that's one of the things that I was worried about because. Nylander is signed for next year and the year after that. He has two years left remaining on his contract. So you're just going to have to roll the dice and see if he wants to sign an extension. But you can possibly see if there's mutual interest between uh, his agency and New Jersey Devils. And maybe like, you know, would he hypothetically want to sign an extension? Or for Jack Campbell, it's just like, you know, we get the rights to him, which means we get first dibs to, you know, uh, talk with him before he enters unrestricted free agency. So uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have the rights to Jack Campbell. So I think from this very second to free agency, they can like talk to him and say like, here, we have an extension on the table, yada, yada, yada. And then Rasmus Sedin is going to be a restricted free agent. But at the same time, we still get a first round draft pick. It's towards the tail end of it, but still. 
first round nonetheless. And, you know, we gave up Damon Severson and, you know, he's a bit of a bonehead at times. And Mackenzie yeah. Blackwood, who's, you know, flip a coin. Well, which Mackenzie Blackwood am I going to get? You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, um, I, I say, let, let's face it, we're not going to get Matthew Kachuk. We're, we're, we're not going to trade Calgary, the second no. overall pick for Matthew Kachuk. It's not going to happen. Like, I would love for it to happen, but I don't think it's going to work out. But ultimately, it's just like, you know, that's just one of the things I, I wanted to, like, ask you, which is do you have any – uh, trade scenarios? Do you have any players you have your eye on come free agency or maybe someone who might be on the trading market for certain organizations that the Devils could try to target? Would you theoretically trade the second overall pick? I know I'm throwing a lot of questions your way, but I'm just curious to hear your thoughts, what the Devils uh, offensive or defensive approach should be come the offseason. Uh, I'll try and answer this as best I can here um, in a couple parts. Um, would I trade the second overall pick only if I'm getting an absolute elite game breaker back in return? Now, if this was the second overall pick next year, man, could you get some elite talent back in return next year? Cause it's so, cause Bedard and, um, Michkev are like the two like headed monster next year that are superstars. Like, franchise changing superstars one's a winger one's a center this year you know i've had some people say this year the draft you don't want to be picking first overall in now i personally would not trade the pick i would keep the pick and make the selection who i would take before we continue with more Silly Season discussion, I want to bring you guys the first live read this morning, and it comes from Bill Barr. So, don't you love a chewy chocolate brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirl on top? So good. What if I told you you can have all that chewy chocolate deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and all you have to do is act fast because they are a fan favorite forget about dessert what about a better dessert plus the macros are unreal 130 calories 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar i replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat the best part caramel brownies are covered in 100 real chocolate like for real with built you don't have to sacrifice a tasty healthy snack for uh the sake of goodness you can have both and all you have to do is just go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 you'll get 50 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 50 percent off at built.com there are a million reasons why you should try built bars but for now let's just say that caramel brownie will rock your world that's not an understatement with built tasty is the new healthy go to built.com and get your box of caramel brownies right now and now the second live read comes from our friends at bet online so bet online is your number one source for all your sport betting needs and sports info find all the latest sports developments news odds including this year's basketball finals matchup i know i'm a lebron fan so i should be a lakers fan however i really don't want to see steph curry win another championship but that's just me the nhl hockey conference finals i don't really have any eggs in the basket oh wait no, I do not want the New York Rangers to win, and I think everyone in New Jersey can agree with that. Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is a continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. I, I go back and forth on it because, like, part of me is. 
okay, you got the Pittsburgh model where you get the you get Hughes, Heischer, Logan Cooley, and you basically have three number one centers and one stock playing on the third line for now. Or it could be, you know, play wing eventually, but sometimes it's not as easy putting a center over as a winger. I more so lean to Slavkovsky from what I saw, not only in the World Juniors, but the World Championships and what he did in the Olympics. But even though what he did in the World Championships, he was playing against NHL guys. And he went out of his way when he was playing for the Czech Republic. I don't know, some people might not know this. He actually asked Thomas Tatar, hey, what's the devil's organization like? And Tatar spoke very highly of Nemec and Slavkovsky saying, you know, I would love to be teammates with one of those guys in the future. Slavkovsky also went out of his way and did some research on the devil's organization. And he said he was very intrigued. Shane Wright said the same exact same thing. Now they're going to say they're trained also to say all these things to the media as well. But I thought it was kind of interesting that these young guys are going out of their way saying, yeah, they got a good young core. I would love to be a part of that. For me, I take Yuri Slavkovsky at two only because of what he is now and what his ceiling is. I think he has a very high ceiling. Like Logan Cooley's going to be a dynamic player. You know, he's like a Braden Point, Mitch Marner type. Like the way he sees the ice and everything, he's di- he's dynamic. You know, Wright's got his whole 200-foot game. He models his game after Bergeron. He's probably a 70 to 80-point player at the ceiling. I don't know what Slavkovsky's going to be. I know some people have said, like, right now he reminds him a lot of Capococco. I understand people saying that because he rose up the draft ranks, his size, et cetera. But he literally he's the perfect winger to put with Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, either one, because it gives them a side, like a big six-foot-four wing, power forward scoring winger on their line that can go into those corners and then leave like the other guys like Hughes or um, Sharon Govich or Holtz open in the slot in front of the net, get them the puck. Uh, He's going to come out with it. And he has said he models his game after Miko Rantanen. Now, if you draft Slavkovsky and he turns into Andrei Svenchnikov or Miko Rantanen, I'm, you're going to be pretty happy. Like you, and listen, I got, I have a fan. I don't, I don't tell a lot of people this. I got a family member who's an ex OHL scout who used to scout back like for Sault Ste. Marie and Kingston, um, scouted the likes of Darian Hatcher, Eric Lindros, Corey Stillman, um, Jason Arnott, all Brian Rolston, all those guys. He has texted me numerous times saying Yuri Slavkovsky is a star. He's the best player in this draft. It doesn't surprise me because uh, the Montreal Canadiens have actually said, or, you know, there's been rumors going around saying that they're interested in Slavkovsky and possibly, you know, drafting my number one. But I think there will be a riot in Montreal if they do not pick Shane Wright uh, at the number one uh, overall. I, pick, so. I agree with that. And, you know, I've had um... – you know, I had a couple people um, message me and say, if Slavkovsky goes one, 
would the Devils trade the pick? I'm going to say no. I'm going to guarantee, and I would say to any fan, take it to the bank. If Montreal takes Slavkovsky at one, Fitzgerald will hand that card in faster than you can blink and select Shane Wright. Because you you can't, nobody can sit here and tell me that he's going to pass up the opportunity to have Hughes, Heacher, and Shane Wright down the middle for the next however many years. Really, in, in, my, in my honest opinion, and even if the Devils take a defenseman, are the Devils really losing no matter what, who they select? You get a winger to play with your top centers, or you just continue to build your center depth and turn Dawson Mercer into a top six right winger. Really, and if all else fails and it pans out, they can't really lose in this in this scenario. I'd have to agree with you in that regard. So basically, keep the second overall pick and just see, you know, where it goes, and uh, just you know, just keep options open is basically what I'm uh, basically hearing you say. Yeah. So, and you know, there's there was Corey Promen put out his mock draft today, and he said some sources and consensus think if Slavkovsky goes one the Devils could take Nemetcher David Juracek second here things could get interesting what about Shane well I know that they're stacked at centers but what about Shane Wright do you think they would like swoop in Shane Wright or something like, no yeah they're, they're they'll the Devils will take Shane Wright if if he's there at two there's no way they're passing up him at two if Slavkovsky goes one I've been wrong before but i I'd have a hard time believing they pass, They would pass up Shane Wright at two if Montreal took Slavkovsky at one. I'm going to tell you, my heart's going to be being fast uh, come the draft, and we'll see what I, I'm confident that Shane Wright will go number one. I just I, I just don't see any like, – like, I know Slavkovsky is a great player and all, but like I said, there will be a riot in Montreal if they don't select uh, Shane Wright at number one. But you know what? So just because you're the first overall pick doesn't mean you're the best player in the draft. Wait, That's well, right. Now – Trey, I want to ask you about the coaching, though, quick, quickly. Um, there's a lot of coaches, top-notch coaches available. And we saw Bruce Cassidy get fired, and we saw his all-time record with the Bruins. Like, it's it's really good. Now, it's having good. Tuka Rask in that and having the perfection line plays a part in that. But Emily Kaplan reported today, I think it was on the Point Show, um, I was told there's some NHL teams that are still deciding on if they want to make a coaching change or not. I will actually, I will read you. I have the exact quote right here. It is right here. She thinks teams that haven't made a coaching change yet that may consider it now given Cassidy's firing and the rest of the free agent coaching field. She did not mention any specific teams to be clear. Now she is the exact same person who reported close to the deadline that there was a done deal. It was close to being done. Pavel Zaka was on his way to Vancouver for Brock Besser. That I can 100% confirm that was very close. And Fitzgerald went into that deadline looking to make hockey deals 
and kind of laying some groundwork for what he was going to do in the offseason. We see GMs do it all the time. They use the deadline a lot of the time to lay groundwork for what they want to do in the offseason. So that's kind of something. I will I will send you that um, that piece off when we're off air about that. But do you think Lindy Ruff is the coach of this hockey team next season now, considering the candidates are available? Now, I've heard he probably will be, but, I mean, now that Cassidy's been fired, I mean, you got to have the discussion. Don't you to move him up to the front office or something? Okay, so I've talked to Jersey Joe about this before, and I'll, 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 be, I'll go back to what uh, I said about Lindy Ruff in general. I don't blame Lindy Ruff for what happened to the Devils this season because I don't think it was a Lindy Ruff issue I think it was a circumstance issue because, you know, he had to deal with COVID. He had to deal with injuries. Obviously, Lindy Ruff had to deal with the passing of his father uh, midseason. So, you know, a lot was just in Lindy Ruff's way uh, in order to, you know, build a successful team. But I think he's done a great job in, you know, developing Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. I think he's done a wonderful job. I've, it's, it hasn't been perfect. You're right. But at the same time, it's just like Devils had poor special teams. Like, that's on Mark Recchi. That's not on Lindy Ruff. Devils had poor goaltending. Lind what did Lindy Ruff have to choose from? Like, you know, 1A, 1B out. So when people were saying that Lindy Ruff deserved to be fired, I was just like, towards the end of the season, it's just like, what, what else is he supposed to do? Like, you know, he didn't have Jack Hughes. He didn't have Miles Wood. He didn't have Jonathan Bernier. He didn't have uh, Thomas Tatar, PK Subban for a couple of games. He didn't have a lot of players to work with. So he had no choice but to put out what he had to put out. And did you guys really expect for the Devils to, like, you know, beat a team like the Hurricanes late in the year when the Devils didn't even have some of their best players? I sure as hell didn't. So my overall no. thing is, like, so my overall thing is, like, um, I don't think Lindy Ruff is a bad coach. He just had a string of bad luck. And now here's the thing. Even if Lindy Ruff doesn't, isn't the coach of interest for some of the Devils faithful, He's still going to be the coach next year. I fully believe it because I think Tom Fitzgerald has made it clear saying that Lindy Ruff is going to be the person moving forward. Now, I think the reports are is that he signed to a three-year deal and that next year is going to be his final year. So he's definitely going to be held on a tighter leash. And, you know, this is sort of like a tryout year, like the excuses are waning. So my overall thing is like, um, even if Lindy Ruff isn't the head coach, he's going to have some sort of role in the devil's organization. And it kind, yeah, of I, it kind of surprises me because I would expect for it that for him to like have that kind of role with the Buffalo Sabres organization, being a former player and also a former head coach, long, long time head coach there as well. Not with the Devils organization, but it seems like he and Tom Fitzgerald have a very good relationship. So even if uh, Lindy Ruff is fired, he's going to have some sort of role with the Devils organization. Now, I'm sure you have to have those discussions with Lindy Ruff and just to say like, look, you know, let, let, let's look at the facts here. Cassidy was fired by the Boston Bruins. He is a very good coach. We're trying to take our organization to the next level. If he's interested in the New Jersey Devils, then we're going to have to, like, move on. And, you know, just we're just going to have to look at that. But the one thing I say is that we can't con continue to have different voices in the locker room. That's the thing, because no. I feel like that's doing a disservice for some of our young guys. Like Jack Hughes, he's been through a few GMs. He's been through a few head coaches interim head coaches as well so it's just like um it, it, it's just like you know we, we can't keep like having different voices all the time uh, uh you know abruptly 
we got to continue to have some sort of foundation for our future. Even if Lindy Ruff isn't the number one option, we got to work with what we got. And I feel as though, what, what are we trying to compete for here? We're trying to compete for a wild card spot. I think Lindy Ruff is perfectly capable of leading us to a wild card position. So, you know, sometimes it's not the head coach. Sometimes it's what you have to work with. And for Devils right now, we have a young big three and he sure Hughes and Brad. And we have a bunch of misfits that we're trying to put together. And Dougie Hamilton yeah. is obviously our star for the future. So that's my overall stance with Lindy Ruff. Yeah, and you need continuity too. Is I think is what you're also getting at too, right? Like you need, you can't just keep freaking throwing a coach into the fire here and say, "Yep, you're gone." Okay, we didn't, we didn't reach your goal. Yep, okay, you didn't do your job. Yep, you're gone. Like you got to. And has Lindy even had a full-on healthy roster in his tenure here? Like uh, on the ice at all times. Well, I don't think he actually. I I saw a stat uh, released by North Jersey, I believe, like early on back in November. The amount of games that Jack Hughes, Nico Keisher, and Mackenzie Blackwood had played together at that time on the same ice, I think it was like 20 games or something like that. So Nico Keisher missed two-thirds of the season last year. Uh, We had to move Jesper Bratt to the center position. He did pretty decent. Jack Hughes was still trying to come into his own. So my overall thing is just like, is it really Lindy Ruff or is it just the circumstances that face him? Yeah, and I, I want to see what Lindy Ruff can do when he gets a lot of talent on the roster too, like a talented contending team. How far can he take this team? But, you know, it's – and I just I just got the update that Subban won the uh, King Clancy Award, so. Oh, he did? Good for, yeah, good for P.K. Subban. And also, speaking of P.K. Subban, the Buffalo Sabres are interested in P.K. Subban, so. Well, another – Tom Fitzgerald has revealed that I don't think there's going to be an extension for PK Subban. I, I personally want him back just because of what he brings from a marketing standpoint and what he does in the locker room, but ultimately, and and plus he's a former Norris trophy winner. I I get that. He's a shell of his former self, but I take a former Norris trophy winner on my bottom uh, four defense uh, any day of the week, quite honestly. And I felt like he's, yeah, I just, I just think the devil, like they just need like I'm not going to get rid of Siegenthaler but I think and you know Graves was a step in the right direction I just think honestly with the devil's defense but their what their issue is is they lack their defense lacks guys that can clear out the front of the net like do they have a full-on is there a defenseman on the team really that's physical enough in front of the net that makes the opposing team go Oh, I don't want to go in the corner against that guy. I don't want to go to the front of the net battle on that guy. Probably not, quite honestly. Probably not. I think that's something they lack. Now, Miles Wood would do it if he was a defenseman. But yeah, Miles definitely would do it. If he was obviously, a he's a Ford, so you know that. So, but to answer your question, no. Yeah. Now, you know, before we. You know, near uh, wrap this eventually up. You asked me who I think like their trade targets could be. I think they got to try San Jose again on Timo Meyer. Now, probably I would sway away from it only because his 10 million qualifying offer is kind of like that's that's a little iffy for me. Um, I'd still call Vancouver. I don't know what they're gonna do because they're nobody really knows. 
Like the lot of everything's up in the air with them there. Honestly, the forward I would go after is Andre Pallott. Three years, 5.756.3 million, three, four year deal. 100%. All that guy does is get now, is he a product of playing with Stamkos and Kucherov? Maybe. But man, you get in the playoffs, that guy shows up. What would you give up? That's the question. He's a free agent. He's an unrestricted free agent. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, that's my fault. Yeah, so that'd be interesting. That would be, and we do we do have the cap space. Obviously, we still gotta pay Jesper Bratt, but when this episode goes live, when I'm like uh in France or whatever, um uh, you know, it's just like we could have already extended Jesper Bratt when this episode goes live, but uh, at the time it's recording, Jesper Brad is still, uh, I guess, working out on the details, but we'll see what uh, potentially happens. But ultimately, I'm really excited for the future of New Jersey Devils. I'm looking forward to the offseason, and I'm looking forward to seeing what this organization can definitely do uh, come next year. And I think it's going to be an exciting year if they have a successful offseason. So, uh, Jake, before we wrap, wrap up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share? Uh no, not really. Just, you know, I'm looking forward to the, the playoffs to finally ending and, you know, um, seeing what the Devils can do here. The future's bright and, you know, anything I I hear, I'll make sure to pass it along to you guys. And um, I enjoy your show. I'm a big fan. I've subscribed to your show on YouTube channel as well. And I try not to miss an episode of yours on um, Spotify for podcasts and whatnot. So um, I appreciate you having me on and I hope to um, join you again for another episode as we get closer to the draft and maybe closer to free agency. Definitely. And I appreciate that, Jake. So uh, to, as I say to all my uh, listeners, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And we'll see you in the next episode. Once again, I want to thank Jake Wakely, another Devils uh, podcaster, Devils personality for taking the time to do this, uh, to do this uh, sit down discussion. Pleasure is always mine, Jake. Thanks for uh, taking the time to do so. And we hope to see you in a future episode. All right. Thank you.